My shoe game is so whack, dog. You get the same shoe. I did. I I rebought the same pair of shoes, I've and it's like the only pair yeah. of shoes that I own, and it's these ones. They're not even like flashy. <laughs> Just give me those. sharp. Though. I wrap in those. Sorry, I didn't mean to bump the camera. <laughs> Director about punching me in the face. <laughs> See, you hit my tripod. Yeah, but then it allows you to get free and freaky up top when you're. Free and freaky up top. You, you I got, like that. You got your nice foundation. You heard that? <laughs> you get free and freaky up there. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Now, you know, it's like you have to have a base coat before you can go like crazy patterns. Right, you right. can't go all crazy pattern. You, you have go. to have something to kind of like frame it, tie mm -hmm. it together. See, I know what I'm doing. I know how to dress. <laughs> I'm partially not in my body at the moment. I'm it's sorry. okay. Neither am okay. I. No, last year he was on Queer Eye, so. Oh. I was? <laughs> French Tuck. Q -E oh, dear. Mm -hmm. oh. I do like the show. It makes me cry. Nah, I mean, I'd be crying at all the shows, dog. What is that one about, French Tuck? Oh, no, so that's oh. it. That is, okay, so let me explain. My man Tan France <laughs> from Queer Eye. Thank you, Tan France. Great hair. Uh, Sometimes to make gentlemen who are a bit frumpy and unkempt look a little more uh, clean cut, he will have them, and I'm going to stand up because I could do it. Please demonstrate. Tuck, tuck the front of their shirt. Oh. It, it's called a French tuck, you know what I mean? You see the belt, you got a little bit mm -hmm. of shazaz right there. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, that's called the French tuck. Uh, I know It doesn't this. go all the way around. No. no. Mm -mm. Yep, okay. That's called yeah. the tuck. <laughs> the what? Nerd alert. The tuck. <laughs> the whole tuck. Yeah, the whole tuck. <laughs> the roundabout tuck. Yep. And if you leave it out, you don't give a tuck. Oh. <laughs> Motherfucking tuck. bars. Hey, this is Queen Reese with all the music things in Richmond. In your studio, Shaco Records, Shaco Sessions Live, This Room Sounds Great, Spying on Humanity, Commonwealth Concert Opera. And that's a wrap. On this episode of Liner Notes, we're talking to live stream and podcast host slash voice actor slash really, really dope person who cares about Richmond. I'm talking about Reese Williams. Reese is the host of Shaco Sessions Live, which allows artists from all over Virginia to come in to In Your Ear Studios and perform and live stream their performance to an audience. We ask her about her new record label, Shaco Records, and why building Richmond's music scene is vital. Thank you for tuning in. We give you Reese Williams. Welcome to Liner Notes where we let Richmond artists tell you about their music, their inspirations, and how they make the soundtrack to the city of Richmond, Virginia. At some point we have to begin this, don't we? How are we uh, feeling, everybody? We good? I know you're recording. Almost feeling You already good. got some, out some outtakes. Some yeah, no, actually, we've already started. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's how I like to do it with the podcast. <laughs> actually, that's kind of like last year we... We're, we would just come in and as we got mic'd, we'd just sit down and talk. And then you'd look up and we'd been in a conversation for like six minutes and mm -hmm. I look over and nobody's yelled at me and I'm like, well, I guess we've been going. Mm -hmm. Let's just keep it rocking. I'm always like, don't talk yet, don't talk yet. Save, it's gonna be the good, save the good stuff for when we're recording. Yeah, no, we, we don't adhere to that at all here. We have <laughs> before wasted the good stuff before and uh, talked about the good stuff afterwards <laughs> in the garage, uh, hanging it's, out with the people afterwards. It's all good stuff on It's all notes. good stuff. Oh. Can you say that again into that camera, please? It's all good stuff on liner notes. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, there's no 
cool way to start this because I don't think you can get any cooler <laughs> than having Reese Williams in our studio. Normally, people are joining you in your studio at In Your Ear Studios, and so I know I know this is weird for you being. <laughs> I mean, we're on the same side of the table, but being the one that answers the questions. So I, I wanted to welcome you to the liner notes space. And uh, the crew here is so happy to have you and thank you for joining us. You're a lady who has a lot of masks <laughs> and a lot of voices. Um, speaking of voices, you wanna tell us a little bit about some of the voice acting work that you do? You, you touched a little bit before we started mm -hmm. recording, but. You, you don't necessarily do character voices. I don't. And like I said, I, a lot of times it disappoints children who get excited and want me to spit, spit out a cartoon character, and I don't. But what actually makes a lot of money and keeps me working consistently is on-hold work and voicemail work and phone tree work and narrating corporate videos when companies do a huge hiring thing and they have a video to show and it's a big rah-rah in a room event and the voice that they hear that tells them about their benefits and why it's a great place to work and all that good stuff. Has somebody ever come up to you uh, because they recognized your voice from a, a work meeting or something? Not from, well, actually, yes, uh, some on-hold work. Yes, I'm on-hold for a veterinarian, a local veterinarian, and they've heard it. Uh, but I've also been a radio DJ. I was a radio DJ down in Gloucester for six years, and so I would go out in public and people would say, you look so familiar. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so they would recognize my voice and clearly had no idea who I was, but. Who do the kids ask you to do the most? Uh, usually a Pokemon, Elsa, uh, yeah, usually video game characters. Pokemon should be easy. All you gotta do is say the name of the Pokemon <laughs> over and over. Go grab some helium. That, that, that definitely helps. I'm just saying you could speak the language because, mm -hmm. you know, just be like, what's your favorite Pokemon? Be like, well, Pikachu. All you gotta do is say Pikachu over and, and over. And say it over and over. And that's over. the language. So you already speak Pokemon. Mm -hmm. That's pretty dope. Being uh, on the radio for six years in Gloucester, um, what was the kind of music that you played? What was your style on the radio? Music wasn't that interesting. It was top 40. What was really cool is it is still a locally owned station. So our guests were everybody from the local theater troupe to the, the local uh, little ballet troupe, the school superintendent, a local author, anybody in the community who was doing something really groovy. And then we had producers, so we got to talk to celebrities as well. So we got to talk to authors like David Baldalci and Paolo Coelho, and then celebrities like Claire Danes and Chrissy Teigen. So we would sit for four hours and the whole world would just come through the studio for us. It was incredible. It was so cool. Paolo Coelho, like the alchemist? Paolo, yes, okay. yes, yes. That's crazy. Yes, I know. And when we booked him, we kept saying, do you know where you're calling? Do you? And he's like, isn't it a lovely little seaside town in, Gloss in, in Virginia? We're like, sure. Okay, yeah, you can think that. Yeah, it was, that was incredible. No, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Getting to talk to those kind of people. I mean, I'm sure you, are you the type of person that like gleans information and gleans like tips from, from people and tries to incorporate it into your own stuff? I just wanted to get to know the guests, the guests, I just wanted to get to know them as people, you know, forget what people already knew about them, forget what made them famous. I wanted to know how they get silly, how they decompress. You know, I want, I just like getting to know people without all that other stuff. When you're, so when you're getting ready to like, I guess, get ready for an interview and you're kind of doing research on people, how are you going about that? Because as I'm approaching research, I'm looking for like bullet points of information. I'm not necessarily like writing questions. Mm -hmm. It's more so like just collecting information. How, how are you 
going through your research process to prep for somebody like a Paolo Coelho? I'm screwing up that last name, by the way. <laughs> no, <laughs> a lot of, in those cases with the bigger ones, their producers have those bullet points because they're, they're usually promoting something. Mm -hmm. But that was the beauty of my co-host and I is we would just kind of break right through it and say, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Like, what does Paolo Coelho eat for breakfast? And, mm -hmm. you know, what's the silliest way you've ever hurt yourself? Or we would just ask the, the most asinine questions. That's pretty yeah. good. Try, try to break the ice, get a little <laughs> mm -hmm. bit of a different reaction. Mm -hmm. Plus, I feel like... Producers didn't like it, no. but we did Right. It. Well, they have a message they're trying to get across. <laughs> but, you know, when you're doing your research, you hear somebody tell a story, you know, and you write that down. It's like, okay, well, that story already exists. How do mm -hmm. I get some new information mm -hmm. out of it, right? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that, this is a thing that you are often doing because every week over for Shaco Sessions Live, you're interviewing a new band, a new artist that has you know, their own thing going on, their own little section of the community. I know how much work researching people is. Yeah. Like how much time do you spend preparing for each week's guest on, on Shaco Sessions Live? A good half an hour or so. I mean, I don't, I don't get crazy. Sometimes I'll listen to their lyrics as they're playing and it makes me think of something to ask them. If they've been on the show, of course, uh, before, that's that's a great way to say, oh my gosh, last time you were here and you've grown since then, or you've added this person. So minor, my my obs it's more situational observations. So not not a whole lot up front. I kind of see what unfolds as it's happening like to comment that. on. I like that. Makes it a little more dangerous, of course, <laughs> but <laughs> but then I do have those bullet points to fall back on right. if if we can't be in the moment. And sometimes you have guests that it's difficult. You got to pull some teeth sometimes. I was just going to say, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of which, no. <laughs> I know. The Aubrey Richards Boutique is a full pop-up shop and blog centered around and for women who are happily maturing. The items are either handmade, designed, or ethically sourced from themselves, other makers, or small companies. Aubrey Richards Boutique is here to uplift guests and build community within our community. Find out more at AubreyRichardsBoutique.com. How has your interview style or, or the way that you interact with artists changed from the first episode of Shaco Sessions Live to over 120 something later? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think at first I was overly prepared and, and tried to make it very much like a Barbara Walters interview. You know, I just didn't have the confidence, so I didn't want there to be any dead air. And I didn't know how confident they were. I didn't know if I could surprise them and keep them on their toes either. And now I'm much better at reading whether or not they're going to be good on the fly. Yeah. And so now it's much more situational rather than uber prepared. And I'm much more concerned with the person and the people in the room instead of who's watching. In the beginning, I was so nervous being on camera that I was just concerning myself with, oh my God, I wonder how many people are watching. Oh my God, do I look okay? How's the camera? How's the light? I was so concerned with logistics. And I quickly just, it, that all fades away and I just focus on the band and the person. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps when you have like a good team of people around you where you can kind of trust them to just take care of things. Mm -hmm. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, also, I wanted to have you kind of share a little bit about the beginning of Shaco Sessions Live. Because yeah. I mean, at this point, I would consider it a Richmond staple. Longevity wise, it hasn't been around forever. I mean, it's a year and a half, maybe close to two years. Mm -hmm. But it's been so consistent, and I think its impact <laughs> is strong, and what it is is unique. So I'd like to kind of hear a little bit about, like, how that came to be. Well, Shaco Sessions originally was a networking event. Um, Carlos Chafin, the owner of In Your Studio, started it 
I'm going to say six, seven years ago, he would invite people to in your studios. He would have food brought in. Everybody would eat a little bit, drink a little bit, and then they in the lobby, and then they would go into the studio and watch a kick-ass band. And there'd maybe be 60 people or so, and they did this for years and years and years. Pandemic hit, they stopped doing it. Uh, well, before the pandemic, they had stopped doing it. They had just gotten busy. And when I met him, it was right before the pandemic. It was like for three or four months before the pandemic, and he wanted to add a podcast element to it. So we weren't sure if I was just going to sit at a table and interview people or roam around, but we were talking about what that was going to look like. Pandemic hit, and he said, you know what, we should just stream it. We should just turn this into, still have the band, like we can't have the potluck and the networking, obviously, but we should still have a band. We can banter with them. We'll do it on camera and we'll stream it. And I said, well, thank you so much for your time. Good luck with your project, you know, because <laughs> I did podcasting and voice act. I did everything behind the camera, like not seen. And I said, I appreciate your time. Good luck with your project. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, you're going to have to find someone to host it. And he said, well, that'll be you. And I said, no, no, it won't. But it was. It was. He put an iPad in front of me and we went with it. We, I think we took three weeks to prepare. We made the decision to do that. And three weeks later in June, we were on the air with a Shaco session. See, that seems crazy <laughs> to me. Because <laughs> we, we, we just asked everybody to come in on that Tuesday, the camera people, the lighting person, sound people. We, got, we booked about three or four weeks worth of bands and we just started doing it. Just, just to see. And you haven't missed a week, have you? No, we took one week off for an election Tuesday. And then I think there was one like around a holiday. I think we've missed maybe two Tuesdays. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> in in I almost mean, two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, just to be that consistent and that mm -hmm. on top of it. And I, the type of music that you guys feature on the show to me is like, it's, you, I don't know what I'm going to discover <laughs> I when I tune in. It's great. You know, I'll tune in. It's like, okay, we're playing hip hop. Okay, we're playing jazz. Okay, now there's this like Brazilian something, something. <laughs> now there's, you know, it's like, okay, cool. I like Isn't when I'm turning in. It's like a mixed bag. Has there been like some styles of music that you've been introduced to? Uh, uh, Turkish Samba. It was the first time I had ever heard Turkish Samba. They were incredible. Uh, Yeni Nostalgia. Nordic folk. We had a band called Wolvenwind and, you know, this guy Eric Tabor makes his own instruments from animal hides and the music sounds like video game soundtrack and, and dark movie soundtrack, but it's absolutely beautiful. Alien jazz. That was the first time I ever heard alien jazz. Um, yeah, it's just incredible. Nice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all from Richmond. We have all of these genres in this little square radius. It's incredible to me. It's pretty wild. I mean, because Richmond is, it's a city, but it's not a, a, a major city. It's mm -hmm. what, like 250,000 mm -hmm. people inside the city limits. Yeah. And like the per capita amount of talent <laughs> is, is pretty wild. Well, that's and, something to note that all the musicians we have, they're all performing original content. These aren't cover bands. Right. You know, they can do little medleys and throw in a cover here and there just, you know, to, for the crowd. But they're not cover bands. This is all original content. So, yeah, 120 some episodes, 130 by time mm -hmm. this comes out of Richmond musicians that are killing it of all styles, genres. I, Check out Shaco Sessions Live. It's Last year alone, we had 258 band members on our stage because some shows we had multiple acts, 258 musicians. That's crazy. In one calendar year. What I also like about Shaco Sessions too is like, you know, it, it is definitely a music show. It's an interview show. Like you're getting to know the bands, but you also feature organizations and mm -hmm. other artists, like mm -hmm. visual artists and stuff as well. I know you had Ryan from, mm -hmm. uh, from here, RVA on. Twice. Well, twice, yeah. <laughs> Please stand by. We're having technical difficulties. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Had her on twice, um, which was dope. But I, I like that 
that is included. And and I wanted to ask you, like, do you feel like you're a connector of artistry in Richmond? Because audio art is one thing, mm-hmm. music is one thing, visual art is another, but being able to kind of bring those together, I think is a unique talent. And so I, do you consider yourself like a connector of these these mediums at all? Me as a person or the show? Both. Both. I think I mean, the, you show are the show is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we started that just because I noticed we had a brown wall behind me the first few episodes and I thought, oh my gosh, we should take advantage of the real estate. And then it became person of interest, whether you're an author or an activist or, you know, whatever it is. So I absolutely love giving people a platform to to talk about themselves. I love I love singing people's praises. You know, artists certainly don't do it enough themselves. Regular people don't do it enough themselves because they don't recognize what comes naturally as a strength or a benefit. So it takes someone on the outside to say, that's amazing. Everybody should know about that. So I love being that person to do that. Yeah. Uh, it's you, a blast. You gotta, you gotta have some people <laughs> to pull that out sometimes. Hey, cool boy, can you tell me where I can learn more about Richmond music? The newsletter's like super helpful from Zaheer RVA. If you go to their website and like just put your email in, you get all the cool events from the city. They even put in the new music for you to check out from local artists, global artists even. Plus, you can always see the cool content that here is creating. They got like blog stuff that's really awesome and intriguing. They got liner notes, which by the way, you're listening to. And they also got cool things that just like, they just make stuff up sometimes. It's really cool. You have to tap in. It's a bi-weekly newsletter, so like, it doesn't even spam you that much. And I don't know what accent this is anymore, but I'm the cool boy. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, cool boy. You're the best. talking about you pulling things out of people and really talking to artists, you may not have as much time during Shaco Sessions Live, mm-hmm. but you have another outlet, mm-hmm. This Room Sounds Great, where you really get to have conversations with these artists. Is that your outlet for digging a little deeper? And, and yeah. what's that experience like? Yeah, we noticed in watching the stats and, and metrics on Shaco Sessions Live that if we talked too much, people were leaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were there for the music and that's cool. And I said, well, I have to talk to these people. I need to find out what makes them tick. So we started the podcast and that is the best. Everybody's comfortable. That's when I get to ask them, what's your guilty pleasure? I'll ask them again, you know, what's the silliest way you've hurt yourself? When you guys travel, who's the stinky person in the van? You know, who's organized? When you go to different cities, what do you look at? I love, I just love being that real, you know? And most bands are approachable like that. Some have a little persona and want you to think a certain thing, but most of them are so happy to show their dorky side. They just love it. Yeah, because I'm sure people, you know, get asked the same questions all the time. And it's so when you have a moment of just a curveball in there, I think it, it lightens things up. And successful bands are successful because they're connecting with their audience. Like all the people you see on social media that have the best followings, mm-hmm. it's because they're, po- what I find, they're posting regularly and it's very intimate. Here we are cooking breakfast. Here we are behind the scenes. Here's our dog. Like they let you in. Mm. And so This Room Sounds Great is a great way to just let them in a little bit. You you get to hear them chat with each other. You get to hear them boost each other up. That's the other thing. So many musicians in Richmond are part of different bands. One person's a part of five bands. Right. So if you interview them with all the different bands, you just hear how supportive everybody is about each other. It's incredible. What's uh, what's something that you took away from one of those conversations that has kind of like stuck with you? Mm. 
The first one that really wowed me was Rodney Stith, Rodney the Soul Singer Stith, because he had performed a couple of times and then I finally got to interview him and he has a stutter. And I don't think most people would, would know that. And he doesn't have it when he sings, but he has it when he speaks. And he was just great about me being very candid and asking, do you have a stutter in, with your inner monologue? Like, you know, this just comes from a place of curiosity. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't know. And um, how he likes to advocate for certain things that even if you have something that's a perceived challenge in your art form, art form, you just go for it. You just get over it and keep working. So I thought that was really cool. Michael Hawkins um, with the Brotherhood, he's a stand-up bass player. He was an incredible conversation. He taught me all about go-go music. Nice. It was incredible. <laughs> I got an education. They're all just incredible when you hear about their tours around the world and funny stories that have happened or things that they've learned when they were on tour. It's just incredible. That's really dope. That's not the only podcast that you have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It looks like it's been since 2020. It's been a while, yeah. It's been since 2020, <laughs> but you do have another podcast called Spying on Humanity. Mm-hmm. What, where did that project come from? What made you want to do that? Is that, <laughs> that pandemic related? We're, we're inside. We got to do something. That one honestly came from, um, I have been recording myself interviewing things since I was nine. I used to interview my stuffed animals. Who was the best uh, we, answerer? Who gave oh, the best responses? Oh, uh, Holly Hobby was was a very gripping interview. Yes, okay. yes. We got to the nitty gritty. She's been through some shit in She's her life. She's been through some <laughs> shit. Strawberry shortcake. She dished it all. Wow. She knows. But I loved, I've always loved the idea of asking people questions, hearing, hearing the answers, digging a little deeper. Um, so I started spying on humanity a few years ago. And it's, the point is to be able to talk about anything in a very safe way factual but fun place. So we've talked about dating, we've talked about race, we've talked about generational divides, but not the divide, just the differences in generations. So I love having a platform to talk about different perspectives in a very, very positive, just informative way. Oh, a boomer would have never thought that a millennial has this behavior because of the way that generation has perceived the world. Right, or had Um, their experiences, yeah. Fun, not, not so uptight, but in, in a fun way. I love for people to feel safe enough to, to learn from each other. Yeah. I mean, we all need more conversations. That's, <sighs> that's how any of this gets passed around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll work on it. So thank you for contributing <laughs> to that conversation. Yeah. And that, I mean, that one's, like I say, that'll be any topic in the world. So, so that, that's just whatever you're feeling. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Any plans for a, a second season or a continuation? Yeah, I actually, I've got three that I have to edit. One is great. One is on bad dates. Oh, and sick. it is great. I chatted with two ladies for about three hours, so that'll probably be a two-parter. I mean, bad dates can go on and on and on. That's That could be its own podcast. <laughs> but uh, I have one on bad dates, and I have one about uh, spirituality. That they're, they're there. I just need to edit them. So whatever it is, come on board and we'll chat. Are you doing all of the editing for that, all of the audio work, like recording it, putting it together? Or you have, are you like a one-person band? I can do the initial production, recording, and I can edit the structure. But then when it comes to compression or the sound aspect, I always hand that off to somebody. Okay. That I haven't learned just yet. You got to know what you feel comfortable doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I love I love editing the structure. I love making everybody sound cohesive and smart. Or if we talked about something at the end and it needs to be over here, I love stitching it together. Mm-hmm. Hey, cool boy. How are you so cool? Wow, that is like a very big compliment. Thank you so much. But the answer is quite simple, my darling cool girl. The answer is, like, I've just been reading the blog content from hereavia.com. Have you ever seen this? Well, let me just tell you, they have all the things. They have interviews with really good artists and interviews with 
like cultural cultivators. It's very cool. You learn about the city and stuff, and it's like super cool. Anyway, they also have blog content about like live events. There's like video recaps about things. So like if you weren't there, you could feel like you were there if you wanted to be there. Or like maybe you check it out and you're like, wow, the next time that happens, I'll go there for sure. But you didn't know until you saw the blog, you know. And then there's also things that are like tips from musicians. Like hey, like maybe you don't want to, um, you know, be a rapper and like rap over top of your own vocals that's corny and people don't like it and then there's also like really cool blog posts about just the cool culture of richmond which is like art and other art and also art mixing together it's like a very cool space but you find that all this information in the blog on yavia.com is it only for cool people that's the beauty of it uncool people can go there and then become cool awesome thanks cool boy So this summer coming up, now we're kind of working together. We're not kind of working. We're definitely working、mm-hmm. together on a project、um, where we are tying Richmond history,、uh, Richmond music, and some walking tours together. You want to fill in the people a little bit about this,、uh, about what we got going <laughs>、yeah. on? <laughs> I noticed. Well, when I travel, I like to go on walking tours. I think it's a great way to get to know the new city. And when I googled. Richmond walking tour or Richmond music tour. The only thing we have is it takes you to a calendar of events, and I thought that we need to point people to so much more in the city than just the venues where things are happening. That's lovely, but we have so much more going on. So I had the idea, and you guys had a bunch of content because you had clearly been thinking about it already as well, of a website or an app or just something that leads people to. You know the Bojangles statue, or the Hippodrome, which is a venue, but it's a historic venue, or、um, record shops, or places that used to be record shops, or homes that maybe you know famous musicians lived in. Just anywhere in Richmond that has a tie to music and have a central place for people to go to. So I think we're looking at some self-guided tours. I think we're looking at other modes of transportation, which could be really cool. Hoverboards.、Um, no. <laughs> <laughs>、um, And yeah, maybe partner with local businesses so that when you're in the area, you know you're spreading some commerce in that little pocket and that little neighborhood, and and you're showing appreciation, they're showing appreciation. But I wanted something on the、uh, local and statewide tourism websites that when you looked under tours and looked under music, there was something really groovy to do. Yeah, and and we definitely think it's important because. A lot of people, when they come to Richmond, you know, they're like, "Oh, it's a cool town." Like they think Civil War, obviously, Capital Confederacy, but there's just a lot of like great musical、um, history that's here as well that kind of gets overlooked until you really start digging.、Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think this is one of the projects where it's a great way to highlight the importance of Richmond to the rest of the country, but also just show people what's here. And so when people are coming to Richmond,、mm-hmm. they'll check out the walking tours around the city, maybe come see a show at the end of the night, right, like. Right. And just participate in in the music scene,、mm-hmm. just to see how much go how much is going on on a regular basis. Not just the big festivals during certain times of year, which are incredible that we have, but just every night of the week, there's there are dozens of venues with live music. For sure,、um, you know, and there's something I totally didn't talk about at all.、Hmm. We've mentioned in your studio. We've、mm-hmm. mentioned Shaco Sessions Live.、Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about Shaco <laughs> Records at all. I know, and that and that's. A big thing. You got a bunch of artists coming、mm-hmm. out. There's new music dropping all this year. 
You should see the whiteboard in my office at home. Yeah. I mean, I literally have to keep all these things compartmentalized. It's insane. I, I know what that brain looks like. If you could flip through this, you might see something similar. I'm scared. <laughs> Me too. Me too. But Shaco Records is mm -hmm. a new label. Mm -hmm. Why did you form a label? Like, who are the artists? Please, please. What were you thinking? What, what are you, why? Why? Um... Again, another brainchild of Carlos in your studios. He's been doing this for 40 years, and he noticed in probably the last 10 or 15 years, musicians spend all of their money buying equipment, gigging. They, they get all this money together. They make an album. They, they spend tens of thousands of dollars getting the album together, and maybe they hobble together a little tour, but then they don't know what else to do. They can't really break through with the marketing, the booking, the sync licensing, all the things on the back end. Uh, it's really tough to find people who know how to do all those things. And so last year in 2022, he finally said, damn it, we need to become a resource for people. You know, we can't do it ourselves. So we'll just, we'll enlist all the people who are experts in those areas will be this resource hub so that when musicians, maybe they kick ass with their own booking, they have their own merchandise, but they suck at social media. Mm -hmm. Great. We will post for you regularly uh, or whatever it may be. So we've called in the big guns in all of those areas and um, signed five musicians at first. We had a blues guitarist. We had uh, Rodney with Motown. We had Elizabeth, who was blues. We had Chance, who's hip-hop and rap. Um, we had Weldon Hill, who's a jazz pianist. And we have Holy River, who's sort of indie folk. So we have this beautiful rainbow of genres and people, and we're just there for them. And they're there for each other. You know, some of them are so successful on the booking end that they're able to help the other musicians. So it's not just having people outside of the industry with their strengths, but the musicians themselves get to help each other and then collaborate together. So you have, you know, a rapper with a jazz pianist, which we've had a few times, and you have a blues guitarist with a soul person. And it's the collaboration is incredible. So we just wanted to be able to facilitate all of this cross-pollinization. That's beautiful. And you had chosen these specific artists because they were active in the community, mm -hmm. right? Like there, there was an element of that as right, well. Right. A couple of things we look for. Number one, we liked seasoned musicians. If you're real, real new, we're really hesitant because the expectations are a little wonky. We're not going to make you a star. We want you to be a working musician. And if that leads to a bigger contract with a bigger label or something else, go. We want you to do that. We don't own your intellectual property. You know, we're not asking you to sign a hard contract. It's just an agreement. And one thing we found too with these musicians is they're seasoned. They're good partners. They, they can take steps to help themselves as well. But they were all really passionate about something else besides music. So Elizabeth is really passionate about Aboriginal art and um, art in the underserved communities. And Holy River is a uh, James River Association enthusiast. Enthusiast, like they are all about saving the James. We've got Chance, you know, who loves social justice issues. Rodney, who, you know, with the stutter and overcoming challenges. So everybody wants to spend their time championing those things as well. And, and part of the agreement is that uh, is a little education and community give back as well. So those outlets, you know, we're working on different things of getting them into the schools or um, being on other podcasts that might be educational. So we always not only want them to create music and collaborate and do all those fun things, uh, but, but give back and educate as well, which is fun too. Not that that's not fun, but. <laughs> no, that's dope. And, and that's what I like about you guys is it's not just 
you're not just trying to make the best music. You are,、mm-hmm. but there's more that goes into it. There's more、mm-hmm. care and passion that that surrounds an entire project or an entire community.、Um, and so that's why we love y'all. Hey, cool boy, that's a cool sweatshirt. Where'd you get it from? Oh, you're checking out my new liner notes hoodie. Wow, thank you for noticing. It's very comfortable and cost efficient. Plus, I'm helping to fund the next season of liner notes, which I think is going to be amazing because, like, the last one was good, and this one is so far is really good. I like it. I hope you like it. Hey, cool boy, do they only have hoodies? They have t-shirts. They have. Crewneck shirts and the variety of colors is like mind-boggling. It's not as many as the rainbow, but it's a couple. And like the really cool thing is they have like all the sizes. Whether you be like a really really tiny person or like a medium-sized child or like a large child or like a little adult or like a medium adult or like a large adult or, or like an extra large adult. Oh, that's super cool! I'm gonna go to hereartba.com right now and get me a liner notes T-shirt. Yeah, when you get your gear, come back here to. This corner, and we'll hang out and look super cool together. Okay.、Um, I did want to open it up for some questions. Please. Give me a second. We make sure all the mics are on here. Give me a second. We make sure all good. Is there anything else you wanted to cover? Did, did, no, did, I, did I hit all your、it. notes? That's it. Sick. I mean, I've got my own personal stuff, but that was everything. I mean, I'm narrating the opera, which is kind of groovy. I don't know if you guys had seen that. Narrating the opera. The Commonwealth Concert Opera. Mm-mm.、Um, so there's this little group in town called Commonwealth Concert Opera. They perform operas that are abbreviated. So you know they take pieces from your three-hour opera. They whittle it down to about an hour, sometimes an、It's、hour、like、and a half. Cliff's Notes for yes! opera. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And、um, and so I read the narration. I tell you, you know, I set up the story, and then someone belts it out and bellows. Because there are things that happen in between、That's、that they、right. cut out. And if they're singing in a different language, you don't know what the hell is happening. And so I keep the story going in a very relaxed way. You know, their tagline is "We keep it casual," and so we can wear jeans,、mm. and you know, we just we want people to be engaged in the story and to be impressed with this incredible singing performance. But you don't want to sit there for three hours and have to sit in a bow and tie and. No. You know, put on airs. So yeah, that's a lot of fun. Dope. We were just at Gallery Five last week, and it was. Incredible. I've never heard、so、of like、fun. abbreviated opera performances. <laughs> that's pretty sick. Yeah, I like that. It's great. I'm glad somebody thought of that. <laughs>、uh, are you in the hot seat? Yeah, I've got two questions. Yeah.、Uh, first, what did you have for breakfast today? And、mm-hmm. second, what's the silliest way you've hurt yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> For breakfast this morning, I actually had a little piece of banana bread that a friend of mine made that that she had at a potluck last night. So I had some leftover banana bread. Thank you, Auntie. It was delicious. And the silliest way I've ever hurt myself. <laughs> oh, my last apartment had a garbage disposal, and I know you're not supposed to use、um, utensils to shove shit in there. But I I had it on and I was shove I used a wooden spoon to shove something in there and I wasn't going all the way in I thought I I thought I could master shoving shit in a garbage disposal, <laughs> and it got caught and it swung around and swept me on the side of the face.、Oh. <laughs> it flo- came up out of the sink and smacked me, and you're just so startled. You're like, was someone just here? Like. It it just that was the universe saying stop it, oh dummy. Oh my! Don't shove shit down a garbage disposal. Yeah, stop it, dummy. <laughs> no one has that coordination. No one. Wow, that's a good one. <laughs> you kept asking those questions. Yeah, yeah, you know it's funny. I need the answer. <laughs> like yeah, now you're making me curious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this isn't a question, but you're talking about the shoes earlier.、Mm-hmm. I did see a video of you performing in these silver boots. 
singing with the band. <gasps> oh, wow. That is way back. Yeah. That's still out there? Mm -hmm. On your Facebook. Oh, my well, gosh. I guess the band's Facebook. Yeah. So there was this band down in Gloucester. They were a dad band. They were called the Ballast Band. And they wrote original music. It was so cool. And they did a couple covers, and they were going to do these Boots Are Made for Walkin'. And they asked me to sing it with them. And uh, Jackson, uh, Carter, uh, Johnny Cash, and June Carter Cash. And so I sang those two songs with them at an art gallery down in Gloucester. And I glittered the shit out of these boots. I put Mod Pod, Mod Podge, and then dunked them <laughs> in glitter and let them sit for days. And then, yeah, I got up on the stage of the gallery. I don't remember a second of it, but I left my body. I was so nervous. Because um, singing makes me so nervous. I love it, but I get petrified. But I love good footwear. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna have to style it up a little more when I come around here next time. I'm going to have to get ready for my Shaco sessions. Yeah, you've got three weeks. i got three weeks to get some glitter shoes. <laughs> Damn. Thank you for spending part of your drive, workout, grocery shopping time, or wherever you're at listening to this podcast. If you're still listening, we would love for you to help us fund the next season. You can sign up for a membership and get early access and other perks at Buy Us a Coffee. That link's in the show notes. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, and all the other cool positive things for this episode. That's free to do and works miracles for podcast teams like us. Shout out to the Season 2 crew. Floor and Creative Director, Ryan L. Moses. That's me. Host and Producer, Elijah Hedrick. Director, Alex Bolton. Videographer, Melvin Lasseter. Editor, Ian Rampashad. Audio engineer, Clark Moeller. Graphics, Tyler Blankenship. Photography, Gordy Michael. Guest liaison, Max Ross. Gopher, Jai Hedrick. Intern, Shiloh Tillman. Special thanks to Tyler Shearsmith. Theme music by Ant the Symbol. Remember, listen local, make it global. Here are VA. We out.